0: This is Open to Hope Radio, featuring Dr. Gloria Horsley and her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley, coming to you on behalf of the Open to Hope Foundation, dedicated to those who are looking for hope after loss. Now here's Dr. Gloria.
1: Welcome to the Open to Hope show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my co-host, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Well, Heidi, hello from California.
2: Hi, Mom, from New York City. How are you?
1: All right, good. Uh, We're really having uh, some wonderful experiences with our television show, aren't we?
2: Oh, absolutely, yes. Um, I love bringing inspirational people on who, despite great, great adversity, have gone on to transform their lives after loss. It's been, it's been
1: amazing. Yeah, it has. And you can see our shows on YouTube, on our YouTube channel. But you can also see, if you live in the New York City area, New York City or the boroughs, you can watch our show on Channel 56 in New York City. So, uh, Sunday nights at 9 o'clock. So, we hope you'll uh, tune in and enjoy that. Well, we have got such an amazing guest today. I'm very excited. Our guest is William Martin, and we'll call him Bill. And it's interesting because... Uh, uh, we're going to be talking about the Dao Tao Te Ching, and I probably don't even say it right, Bill can tell me. But anyway, it's a, the ancient wisdom, uh, the ancient uh, Taoist wisdom. And uh, Bill tells us that he thinks that the Taoist thought can help people live in acceptance and harmony regardless of circumstances. And Bill is the author of six books, including The Parents Tao Te Ching, The Couples Tao Te Ching, The Sages Tao Te Ching, The Dao Te Ching of Forgiveness and a Path of Peace, and The Caregiver's Dao Te Ching, which he co-authored with his wife, Nancy. And he also sent me a book that I don't think is on that list right there, which is A Path of Practice, Using Latsu's Tzu's Dao Te Ching as a Guide to an Awakening Spiritual Life. Well, Bill, thank you so much for being on the show. I'm, I'm really excited because I, I, I'm a great lover of the Tao.
3: Well, I'm pleased to be here. I'm a great lover of the Tao as well.
1: Now could you kind of give a little summary to the folks out there who don't know anything about the Tao, what it is?
3: Yeah. Uh, The Tao Te Ching, it's it's pronounced Ching. Oh, Ching, good. Yeah, is um, an ancient book of Chinese wisdom that was written probably 2,500 years ago. It was traditionally attributed to a Chinese sage named Lao Tzu. It may have been written by several people and uh, compiled over the years, but Traditionally, it's the Chinese sage Lao Tzu. And the title actually means, um, Dao means way or path. And De, the T-E is pronounced De, and it means natural power or, or natural virtue. And Qing just means book. So the book is actually titled, um, The Book of the Way of Natural Living. Or, um, you may, as a natural way to live life. And it's probably the most translated book in the world outside of the Bible. Um, and it's...
1: And it's a lot short... shorter, may I say.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's 81 short <laughs> chapters of poetry. Lao Tzu didn't trust words. You, you know, the first chapter of the book says, uh, the Tao that you can talk about isn't the Tao. So he legendarily, he didn't even want to write the book, but they wouldn't let him out of the country until he did.
1: (laughs) And the name that is said is not the name, right?
3: Yeah, the name name that you can talk about is not the name. We do it anyway. We make concepts, and we, we label things, and that's the way we live our lives. And it's not wrong. It's just that the names we give to things aren't the things themselves. Even the name we give to ourselves isn't the thing itself. So it's all right to go ahead and use our language, but um, that's why he wrote in poetry.
1: All right. So I, I am, now let me say this. If you're not a lover of poetry and you don't understand it, you will still love the Tao. <laughs> <laughs> The Dow is, yeah, it, is amazing. So, uh, yeah. tell tell me. Okay, I have had a loss. I'm listening to the show. I usually listen to Gloria and Heidi uh, talk about grief and loss and recovery. What's this got to do with grief and loss and recovery? I'm I'm not sure. Where am I here? I'm I'm suffering. I'm in pain. How, how can this help me?
3: Well, it can't help you directly in the sense that he doesn't give uh, a chapter that's directly related to grief and recovery except to say that grief and recovery and the pain of loss is a natural part of life. He was an observer of the way things work, and he saw all of the comings and the goings and the risings and the fallings, and he said, life is filled with coming and going, having and losing, and you, as part of this life, come and go and have and lose, and you're adequate for it.
1: Oh, I like that. I like that. Don't you, Heidi? You're adequate for it. Mm
3: -hmm. Yeah. 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 Very much, you're adequate adequate for all of this because you're part of it. Mm -hmm. You're not standing outside of it having it happen to you. You're part of it happening. And once we realize that, we discover we're adequate for loss, we're adequate for gain, we're adequate for our life, and we're adequate for our death.
1: But but what okay so I've had say my spouse die I feel apart mm-hmm. I feel apart from my spouse I feel apart from right. that person I've lost it hurts I'm suffering why yes, why yes. why is this happening to me
3: Um the why am I suffering why am I feeling this hurt this 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 sense of loss this sense of emptiness Lots of would say that this this sense of loss and emptiness is also a natural part of the storms of life. Uh, It's nothing to be afraid of. It's nothing to avoid. It's nothing to cling to. It's like a storm that comes through and drops the rain and drenches us and makes us miserable and then passes on and the sun comes back out. We get it. We get it all. Um, And we're, again, I'm going to come back to the idea that we're adequate for it. We don't, have to not feel the pain. We can feel the pain. The danger, of course, lies in, I shouldn't feel this pain. I'm not capable of feeling this pain. This is just too much for me. And when I fall into that feeling, I try to push it away. And of course, the more I try to push it away,
1: the moment today. Wow, I like that, that I am up for that. Well, I know you've written the Tao of Forgiveness, and I, I just, uh, I work with a lot of bereaved people, and I run a compassionate friends group uh, with mm-hmm. a lot of bereaved parents, and that for, they seem to get caught in the lack of forgiveness. Uh, and, you know, yeah. ultimately, <laughs> when you get down to it, it's almost, oftentimes forgiveness of self.
3: Yeah, forgiveness of self, forgiveness of life, you know, sometimes even forgiveness of the person who died. Right. Not that not that we, you know, not that we're clinging to resentment for them, but we're angry with them for dying. Right. Right. Okay, your, so I really I
2: really struggled with this part, Bill, because I worked with uh, the whole idea of the forgiveness and I'd love you to explain it a little more for me because I worked with 911 families for 10 years here in New York City and they were fire department families and they were so angry so incredibly angry at the fact that terrorists came into the World Trade Center and murdered all these people, all the firefighters and all the other people in there, and the the mere idea mention of forgiveness would just send people into a tailspin, because they right. were like, how are we supposed to forgive the terrorists? Why would we ever do that? They murdered all these people, these innocent people.
3: Yeah. Forgiveness, uh, forgiveness really... From, from a Taoist perspective, forgiveness can't be done by what is called our conditioned mind. That part of us that has learned who we are by how we interact with the world. There's a part of... it. Forgiveness is probably this word, but acceptance is probably a better word. Mm-hmm. And that can only occur in what I call our Tao mind. That part of us that's deeply connected to everything that is. Um, we can't, I can't, I can't fix and adjust and tamper with the parts of me that hate these people for what they did. Hmm. I have to forgive and accept that first. That part of me that isn't going to forgive and accept.
1: Ah, uh, I like uh, that.
2: Yeah, I like that.
1: Yeah.
3: Uh, and and say to that part of me, you don't ever have to forgive and accept, because we get caught in this terrible loop of don't tell me to forgive and accept. But a little voice Mm -hmm. in the back of our mind says, but you really should if you were a good person, you should forgive and accept. And we need to step back even further than that into that deeper part of us that says, honey, you don't have to forgive.
0: Mm -hmm.
3: You who've been so deeply hurt by this, you don't have to do that. I will.
0: Mm.
1: And who is the I?
3: Yeah, that's the question.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> so the whole the whole mystery of the of the path that Lao Tzu talks about is this this I that we really can't identify or we can't put words to and the minute I say this is who it is, that's not it But we all have that intuitive feeling that there's a part of us that is adequate and all right and strong, and capable of living whatever life brings us, a part of us that's connected to everything that is, a part of us that's still connected to the people that we've lost, some some part of us that's mysterious, that part of us can do the kind of accepting and, if you want to use the word forgiving, I, I, it I, yeah. starts, by, starts by forgiving the parts of us that, that are so angry or so hurt or so resentful.
1: Oh, that's so lovely, and yeah, th- that's amazing to think, and, and I think that, I what was the word you said that, that, I was just thinking spiritual, there's a spiritual part of us that I don't yeah. know, Yeah, that we have yeah. to believe in, there's a mystery.
2: Yeah,
3: it's a mystery, we, we can intuitively touch it, the minute we try to describe it, we get in trouble, but we all know it.
1: Ah, that's and
3: awesome. It, and it's that part of us, that part of us that can do the, the, the difficult job of grieving and accepting and letting go. And we don't have to ask the conditioned parts of us, the, the other parts of us that are just kind of habitually trained to want what we want and, and, and be terrified when we're afraid and sad when we're alone. Those parts of us are just okay.
1: Wow, I, I like that. I had a dream uh, after my son was killed. and It was a very healing dream. I'm you know, touching that now, which no one understood uh, at the time. Yeah. And it was that I dreamt that my son was, um, he was a baseball player and he was pitching to himself. And um, I saw him and I said, how are you? And he looked at me strangely and said, I am.
3: Oh, that's, that's a very healing dream. I suppose dreams are one of the places that we have Uh, touch with that mysterious part of us that isn't quite as accessible to the the conceptual language that we use in waking life.
1: You know, it feels so quiet, Heidi, to me. You know, we're so noisy about grief. We're like, let's find some stages, let's find this, let's find... We're so noisy, and all of a sudden I'm feeling something quiet. How about you, Heidi?
2: Absolutely, and and with that in my mom, I'm thinking not only am I feeling quiet? But also there's a lot of judgment about how we feel everybody else should be doing it. Right. And if they're not doing it our way, they're somehow doing it wrong. Uh-huh. Uh-huh.
3: Yeah. But, like there's a right way to do it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Now, now what does it and, mean? Talk to me about these yin and yang, empty to fill, uh, lose to gain. What does die to uh, live mean?
3: Uh, Lothra was an observer, um, observer of the processes of life, and in that observation, he naturally saw storms come and go, uh, the seas and the mountains, the clouds go by, the life and death, uh, branches blowing in the wind, uh, all of the rhythms of nature. And the fundamental rhythm that he saw was the coming and the going, and he saw crops Thrive and, and then die. He saw people live and die, and he he identified that sense of yin as the receptive, the place that gives birth, to the, and and the things come out of it. And the yang is kind of when they reach their their peak and they're thriving, and then they go back to yin again. Everything seems to work that way.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Yin and yang are a deep, uh, are deeply embedded in, in Chinese. Lot, long before, Lao Tzu as well. That that sense of the, we have it in in our quantum physics, the electron and the proton and the atom.
1: The mm-hmm.
3: Necessity of of this and that, or here and there, or yin and yang for anything to really exist.
1: Now, in your book, um, the the path, a path and a practice. Um, mm-hmm. At the end of the book, talk a little bit about, you actually have some things I can do, or, uh-huh. or not do. Uh-huh. I mean, maybe it's not doing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think do <laughs> is correct. <laughs>
3: there is a concept that, that Lao Tzu uses in several chapters that's that the Chinese words wu-wei, which means effortless doing, and sometimes gets translated as not doing. It's not really passive. It's just that wonderful feeling of when you feel like life is just living itself.
1: Oh, I and like even that. In gr-
3: even in grief, is li-
1: is. yeah, life is living itself. I love that. It's just oh. Living itself.
3: And yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm life living itself, and even my grief is living itself.
1: Uh-huh. And we can grieve. It's okay.
3: Yeah,
1: we do. Yeah, we can grieve. Yeah,
3: we, we, we grieve, and it's okay. And even that can have a. Uh, I, I don't want to be to be careful of the words i use but even that grief can have an effortless quality to it right i remember when my father was grieving my mother he talked to me about that sense of of tears just rising up and just you know he would just kind of effortlessly cry and in a few minutes they'd pass and he'd be back to right. normal right and the whole process was effortless
1: uh-huh and sometimes we uh, if we block it it becomes effort
3: Oh yes, then it becomes it becomes all
1: yep. sorts of So, talk to me about the end of the book. Uh, what are about it? What I what I can do? I'm I'm thinking I'm out there. You're giving me a little taste. I'm seeing maybe there's something here for me. W- what talk a little bit about? Yeah,
3: the, the 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 third part of the book was is what I called the practice. I, I wanted to I wanted to communicate the Tao Te Ching not as this this esoteric Eastern book filled with with, you know mysterious quotations but it's an actual way that I can go about living my life so I tried to talk in the back part of the book about some things we can do like about Tzu talks about having uh, dropping things every day uh, dropping assumptions every day uh, uh, maybe maybe what 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 assumption do I make about how this day is going to unfold or what I'm gonna do or what I can do uh, can I just pick up a stone and lay the stone down and, and pretend that I've dropped something? Um, can I tell myself um, to stop thinking as much as I do? Can I learn to, uh, some little practices of minute meditations in which I can just say a breath, breath phrase to myself? Uh, I've got difficulties, but they're not a problem. I've got difficulties, but they're not a problem. Um, life isn't my enemy. Uh, I'm here, and I'm alive. So all I need, I have within me. I like little breath prayers. Breath
1: I, li- breath. I like that. And, you know, um, they change our brain chemistry, don't they? If we really looked at oh, it. Oh,
3: yeah. I mean, thoughts, our conditioned thoughts are actual literal things. They're chemical reactions within our brain. And we have, uh, I believe, far more, I don't want to be careful of the word control, but form far more influence over whether we hang on to or believe those thoughts than we think we do.
1: Mm-hmm. Wow.
3: So if, if when we use a little phrase like that, it's literally changing the chemistry of our brain. It's stopping us from attaching and reinforcing of a particular and in its place, it's allowing us uh, a thought that creates a whole different
1: chemistry. Wow. Heidi, that's yeah. Yeah. Heidi, that's pretty profound, isn't it? And we've talked about gratitude and those kind of thoughts, but just those little meditations. Wonderful.
2: And then yeah, the positive. Like, I like those. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, all I need I, like I have within too. me. You know, most of the time yeah. you get up in the morning and you, you, make, you give yourself a, a command. Today I have to work <laughs> yeah. out. I have to That'd work really out. Work, it's right. going to be the end of the world. If I don't work out, I'm going to be a lazy slob. Well, what happens yep. is I get busy, and by 7 p.m. I haven't worked out, and all day long I'm running the scenario, I can't believe I didn't work out. You know, it's always right there rather than being yeah. positive and saying something like that. I love it. It does. It completely shifts your mindset and the way you feel.
3: That's a, that's a real setup, isn't it? That's what, our, mm-hmm. what I call our conditioned mind. It loves it. It's the same mind that tells me in the morning, you need to work out, it is mm-hmm. the mind that stops me from working out. So in the evening, yes. it can say, you miserable slob, you didn't work out, so that it can say again in the morning, you need to work out. <laughs> and it keeps you that in the That is cir- so
1: true. <laughs>
3: circle of suffering. Yes.
1: What did you call it? The circle of what?
3: Circle of suffering.
1: Oh, oh I like, yeah, the circle of suffering. You know? How wonderful.
3: Set up, you need to do, then, and then the, when it sets you up with you need to do this, then the resistance, of course, builds up to, you know, I don't have time to do this or whatever,
2: Mm -hmm. and then I don't
3: do it, and then there's the guilty feeling, and then there's the self-punishment, which is, which is the reward for the whole thing, the self-punishment, and then I resolve, then I resolve to do better the next morning, and here we go again.
1: (laughs) Well, listen, tell people how they can get your books, I'm sure they're on Amazon, and and Yeah,
3: they're, they're, they're everywhere. Or
2: they are or, on Amazon, and can I tell you while we were doing this, I'm, I'm already set up on Amazon. I just ordered one of your books while I was listening to you. <laughs> <laughs> which one
1: did you order? It's it's, bless it's your on hearts, its the way. Martin grandchildren. Thank you. <laughs> oh, the, the, <laughs> which one did you order, Heidi? You got the Dallow
2: grand- parenting because I can't find mine, <laughs> and I, I need to get it again. And I'm like, I, it, it was so important to me, and it's so powerful for all of you out there that have children because. We have all these expectations of who our children should be and how they should turn out and how they should behave. And this really gives you a completely different way of thinking about parenting. Oh, Thank mm-hmm. you for that.
1: And we know for you folks out there who've had a loss, you are worried about your other kids. And what a great book Absolutely. to help you with that.
2: Yep.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Uh, I think that book might be helpful to uh, a grieving parent.
1: I think it would be fabulous. So um, uh, do you have a website?
3: Yeah, I, have, I write for a, a couple of websites, but the, the clearest website to connect with me is booksbywilliammartin.com.
1: All right, booksbywilliammartin.com. And Bill, thank you so much for being on the show, and I know you live in Chico, not far pleasure. from me, so I hope someday we yeah. can get together and maybe you can come on our TV show that we do in Palo Alto. Yeah, yeah that well,
3: would thank be great. thank you for having me. That'd be fun. Thank you for having me.
1: Well, Heidi, what a great show! And, oh, I love the information. I'm, uh, you know, we're going to go to Machu Picchu next month. All the girls uh, in our family, because uh, one of my daughters is a yoga teacher. Heidi's sister, Rebecca, and guess what book I'm taking with me, Heidi? I'm taking a path and a practice. I'm going to spend a whole week enjoying that and enjoying the well, trip. that's great!
2: Maybe I'll join you in that.
1: Yeah, you'll have to order that one because I'm not going to let you have mine. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening to the show today, and uh, we hope that you will find peace in your path and your journey. God bless.
0: You've been listening to Open to Hope Radio, hosted by Doctors Gloria and Heidi Horsley. Like today's edition, all of our past programs are available on demand at opentohope.com along with helpful articles, videos, resources, and links to help get you through the toughest time of your life. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter and sign up for our monthly newsletter. Again, that's opentohope.com. Check it out today. Then be sure to stop by next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time when we'll be posting another edition of Open to Hope Radio. Remember, others have been where you are. They made it through, and you can too, as long as you're open to hope.